one of the best of the best when it comes to national security out there who worked for some of the best of the best going all the way back to the Reagan administration and uh, man uh, so involved in uh, shaping some of the Reagan policies uh, through her work as a speechwriter in the Defense Department and then uh, into the national security apparatus and just a true patriot Katie McFarlane who happens to be joining me on the phone how are you? Well, I'm just great, Eric. Thank you very much for having me. So, you know, I I, I wish I had you on the line, although you had, would have had to wait and hear the whole thing. I was talking about the, the Mike Flynn situation earlier, who you worked for uh, in yeah. the White House for a short time. And I, I think it's just interesting that so many of the Barack Obama administration officials who benefited from leaks to the media are so outraged that Republicans didn't leak a list of unmaskers, but actually held a press conference and announced the names of those people. Uh, I I guess they would have been happier if the information leaked on Fox or something. (laughs) Look, the, the workaround that the Obama administration did, and they did it pretty consistently, and they certainly did it during the transition into the Trump administration with General Flynn, is the intelligence community would leak to their favorite people in the media. And it would always be quoted as anonymous sources or people close to the situation who were unable to speak about this publicly. And then they would just go on and spin whatever they wanted. These were unverified. These were un, you know, unidentified people. And in a, a number of cases, they were using classified information. I mean, there, for example, the big thing that everybody's talking about now, Eric, is the phone call between General Flynn and the Russian ambassador right before Inauguration Day. And so the transcript of that has leaked, and it leaked at the time, a couple of days after the phone call. And it leaked where? To the Washington Post. General Flynn has still not seen the transcript. I've not seen the transcript. I doubt if anybody has seen the transcript outside of the intelligence community and some reporters at the Washington Post and New York Times. Well, what's striking to me is is the arrogance of some of the in the Obama administration that uh, the incoming president and his transition team was somehow not allowed to have communication with foreign leaders and and get comfortable with them and and explain the differences in direction they might want to go. And it, it seems like most of the complaining from the Obama administration is that it took him eight years to put something together. And uh, this president, to his credit, has largely eradicated it in less than four. Yeah, I mean, look, they, if, a, if an incoming administration is not talking to its counterparts abroad, that's malpractice. Because right. you sure don't want to come in at 12.01 on Inauguration Day and say, uh, I'm looking for the phone number for the, you know, the president of Turkey. We've got a crisis here. You need to establish those relationships during a transition. That's what a transition is for. And so their, their complaint that, well, General Flynn should not have talked to the Russian ambassador, that's false on, on its very face. But what, why were they complaining? Why are they doing this? Why? Because they had set out from the very beginning of the Trump, right after the election, to try to hobble President Trump in office because he promised to drain the swamp. He promised to go after corrupt government officials. He promised to look into the intelligence community and reorganize it. And he promised to cut the fat. They didn't want that to happen. These were preemptive strikes. And the excuse they used was the Russia hoax. And they knew and they testified before Congress in closed session that they knew there was nothing to the collusion story. And yet to the media and to the American public, they said, oh, yeah, this is really serious. Donald Trump must be a Russian asset. And they put us through three years of division and getting at each other's throats over nothing because they were so angry about Donald Trump winning. 
I, I don't know if you, you've seen this montage from the Washington Free Beacon they put up yesterday, Brian Stetler on CNN, who is now just beside himself that Republicans seem obsessed about uh, Russia and the deep state oh, yeah. <laughs> after three years of, of obsession. It, it just, you know, I do wonder if, if some of their concern is that it, it turns out the reset button that Hillary Clinton gave the Russians had broken and, and they just are hoping no one ever realizes it. <laughs> Well, they were doing it, you know, but this is serious. It was the intelligence community working with the American media, with the partisan American media, the Washington Press Corps, to try to create and spin this entire lie on the American people. So I think the press should be held responsible for it. I'm not going to listen to those guys and take them seriously ever again. They were peddling stuff that was not true. Well, and you know, I, I so I pointed out uh, right before you came on uh, in, in my last segment. Uh, when you take, for example, the even the COVID nineteen stuff, the Brian Kemp here in Georgia and Jared Paulus in Colorado opened their states at the same time. The media never said anything about Jared Paulus. They made the attack on Georgia about testing, and it turns out Georgia per capita is testing way more people on a daily basis than Colorado. But you've never heard the media attack Paulus, who happens to have a D next to his name. <laughs> it's, you know, they've really just America has the First Amendment of the United States is supposed to be free speech. And what are these guys doing in the media, the partisan media? There's nothing about free speech in this. They're doing what they want. They're acting like a, another wing of the Democrat Party or a wing of the Obama administration. And so, you know, I, I know President Trump well, and I've got to say, I give him an enormous amount of respect for the fact that he's not only had to de- battle the Democrats in the House of Representatives, and he's had to dem- battle some of the Republicans who are angry that they didn't get to be president, but he's also had the press stacked against him. Something like 97% of all media stories are anti-Trump. Right. Well, you know, that that's a perfect transition into, I know you've got a book coming out. Uh, I think it, it's Revolution, Trump, Washington, and, and We the People. Tell me about that. Bestseller on Amazon, so you can, <laughs> your listeners can just click on the link right now and start downloading it, and they can listen to the audio book, and they can have much more of my voice singing into their ears. <laughs> Perfect. Or they can actually buy the book, the hardcover book. It's, look, I wrote it in three parts. The first part was why I, a longtime Republican establishment foreign policy expert, really said that the Republican Party had gone in the wrong, the wrong direction, and I supported Trump. A lot of it was because he, he would fix the economy and he would stand up to China. None of those other guys would stand up to China, Republican or Democrat. The second part of the book is my own experiences in Washington and setting up the Trump administration, but also in great detail about the topic we've just discussed, which is the Mueller investigation, the Russia investigation, my experiences with it, which were very similar to General Flynn's. You know, ambushing, trying to pin crimes on you that you didn't commit. And then the final part was um, I was so fed up with all that was going on in Washington that my husband and I just left the country for months to try. I was trying to make sense of it. So we went to the most remote part of Western Scotland. No Wi-Fi, no TV, no cell phone, no nothing. Oh, man, I'm jealous. Well, it was a good time for me because I got my feet under myself again. And I started thinking, what's going on in my country? And I realized, hey, America goes through revolutions. We're supposed to go through political revolutions. It's the way that we, the people who are self-governing, it's the way we, we throw out the guys in Washington who have forgotten that they work for us and not the other way around. And that's what this is. This is a revolution. This is President Trump is leading a revolution of the American people to try to get back the government so that it's out of the hands of corrupt people who are doing their own bidding. 
Okay, now I've got to ask you this question. Having having done a couple of books myself, uh, what did you think yeah. of the process of having to do the having to record your voice reading your own book? Well, I, you know, you and I, unlike most people who do these books, we actually write these books, and right. so I wrote yes. the book myself, word for word for word. Um, and it was a really good experience because I got to I got to sort of live through it again. I was angry at parts of it, but there were parts of it where I thought, wow, you know, I really. I come out of this a very inspired person because the American system renews itself and regenerates. And some of our finest times have been when we've had these political revolutions, whether it was the American Revolution or Andrew Jackson or the Reagan Revolution. And we come out of them, our country renewed. So I think as miserable as all this is right now, none of us like it. But in a couple of years' time, we will be a nation reborn. And that's the strength of America. We, re- we recreate ourselves, not only as individuals, but as a nation, no other country in the world does that. And that's something so precious. We can't lose that. Amen to that. Uh, listeners, if you guys want to order KT McFarland's book, if you text the word data to 33777, I'll send you back a link to Amazon so you can buy it right now, uh, even while we're talking about this. Uh, a couple of minutes left here. What do you see moving forward when it comes to China and Russia and this administration? I mean, it seems like we've got to do something with China. Yeah, I, I think that this, this whole virus has been a wake-up call. You know, for, for years, the Republican and Democrats have not stood up to China, and China's been taking advantage of us. We let them, um, but, but we shouldn't have let them. And, and they, they've done what they wanted to do, which was steal intellectual property. Um, they wanted to have uh, their exports come into the American market at, at no tax. Our exports into them were very high taxes. So President Trump had already started standing up to China, which is why I supported him in the first place. But now with this, I think the world sees, gee, do we really want a world dominated by China? Do we really want the 21st century to be the Chinese century? That's how they've handled this whole virus. They knew they had a problem. They shut down travel within China so it wouldn't spread from Wuhan to other parts of China. But they let travelers go in and out of Wuhan from abroad. So they were spreading the virus abroad, and while at the same time they were shutting it down in their own country. This is not who we want to set the international rules of order. And I think that going forward, the policy should be, number one, bring the supply chains home. We don't want component parts to the new jet fighter made in some other country, whether China or others. Bring the pharmaceutical supply chain home. Um, and then make sure that we work with our allies um, you know, Japan, South Korea, uh, Mexico, Canada, the Brits, the Europeans, to all of us together stand up to China because we've all been exploited by this. And then finally, the most important thing that we really need to do for the future, make sure we maintain our technology edge. We've always taken it for granted, but we haven't invested in it like we should. And so we should start really focusing on the technologies of the future, artificial intelligence, robotics, microprocessing, you name it and not let other countries, especially China, either steal the stuff from us or buy the stuff, the technology from us, that we should invent it and maintain it right here at home. Let me pick your brain on something real quick before we get off of here. A person way smarter than me commented on an email recently that one of the things we ought to consider is given the situation with Italy, Spain, Germany, Great Britain, Australia, New Zealand, that there's an opportunity for a strong Western 
front alliance against China that could bring Russia into the fold against China, given some of their historic grievances with each other, and that Donald mm -hmm. Trump is probably best positioned to do that. And the media and Democrats would lose their mind if the president tried to bring Russia into something like that. The media would much prefer to go with China than have the president do something like that. Well, you know, that's a very insightful um, comment that you've just made, because I've always said that the worst thing that could happen is if China and Russia get together in this modern world with Russian mm -hmm. weapon systems, Chinese money, that that would be a really formidable foe for us. And I think you're right. We, we bring in the countries which are democratic, um, have free market systems, obey the rule of law, believe in freedom of navigation and free trade, and then we stand up together. And maybe Russia comes into the fold. I mean, if I'm Russia right now, I'm not really sure I'm trusting China on my border. Right. So maybe there is an opportunity to do that. There wasn't in the first term of President Trump because of the whole Russia hoax. It was a fake from the start, but the media and the Democrats perpetuated it. But maybe in a second term, who knows? I, I just think that the, we need to stand up to China because you know what? In, in 2024, it's too late. The Chinese have already won. So it's whoever is the next president is the one that either is going to stand up to them and, and reorganize America or is going to just give in to China. Well, KT McFarlane, you've been generous with your time. Thank you so much. The book is Revolution, Trump, Washington, We the People. You can order it by texting DATA to 33777. Thank you so much for stopping by. Thank you, Eric. Good to talk to you.